You know, the song makes it a reality for me almost. Um, that the word of God is God. It's God. He's God. In the book of Revelations, it says his name is the word of God. He was in the beginning. All things were made by him. For him. And there is nothing that was made that was not made by him. He's God. Wow. Amen. That's all we bless me. Morning family. Morning family. It's good to worship with you together. The most high. The most high God. And there's such a joy in the house and the lively excitement. You know, and that's um, the word joy comes from the word grace. It's built out from that word. And joy, when there's joy, is because there's grace that's flowing, you know. And so that's why we must be conscious about giving grace. Working the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we give grace, we free our hearts. We free our hearts. So, um, we are busy with this message on the churches of Macedonia. And uh, I just want to remind you again at the, let me just see the, the date of which one it is. The 26th of November, we have our Thanksgiving service. We have our Thanksgiving service um, here. And it is a, it is a Sunday where we will take up a Thanksgiving offering. And we seek to bless those, um, those who come short in a way. For the December, and we just want to be a blessing and make sure that our family is taken care of. Amen. We are building a family. We're building a family, and that's why the culture of hospitality and the culture of being friendly, greeting, being kind, going to someone. Um, just welcoming someone is a culture of family, right? And so even the word son, when, when God calls you son, that word comes out from family. Because an institution does not produce sons. Universities don't produce sons. Sons and daughters come out from families. And if you are an orphan, then you are not a son because you don't have a father. And if you are a widow, then you don't have a husband, right? But when the spirit of father comes, then it removes the widowhood from you. And it removes your orphan heart and it creates family, right? Creates family. And so the word son is a, is a word that comes out from family. And when God says, my goal for your life is to be my son, right? 
And just for those who do not understand the concept son, let's say daughters, right? To, to be my son and my daughters, right? It's a concept that belongs to family, right? And, and that is the highest call that you can have. You will, may have a calling into the fivefold ministry, but that will pass away. When he returns, we will be sons still forever. Right? The gifts shall pass away, but sonship shall be forever. Right? Highest calling. Highest calling and highest goal that we can have. And so, obviously, sons come out of families. So, let's read, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. We are doing the churches of Macedonia. Okay. Got the time going? I don't know what it is. Maybe your capacity has increased. Because I speak and it feels so short. No. Your capacity must have increased. But I must still control it. Right? But you know the the scripture that uh, Smitty read this morning is so interesting. Where the Lord says, if you just... Do my word. And don't turn from the right and to the left. You will prosper. So simple. Tell the person next to you, prosperity is so simple. Just obey the word. (laughs) Obey the word and you shall. Finish and clear. What more can we say? He says... And then he would go on to say, if you meditate upon this word day and night, and do all, and seek to observe all that I have said, so shall you make what? Your way prosperous. By doing what? Meditating upon the word and just obeying obeying it. And you will make your way prosperous. Finishing clear. Okay? That sums it up. And you shall have good success. You shall have good By doing what? Obeying the word and observing it. That is it. Alright. So, in this one, it says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. What are we after? What am I after? And what is the Holy Spirit after. Why is he sharing these things with me to share it with you? He is after the increase of the grace of God in our lives. Because grace is what makes us who we should be. I am what I am by grace. Right? And so grace is very important. Right? Very, very important. And so, these principles that we are highlighting is principles that show us how the grace of God can increase in our lives, manifest in our lives, and cause us to move forward. Right? So, and then it says that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. Right? That word joy comes from the word grace. Right? Um, it's like the word for... 
when we talk about communion and so on, there's a word, it's, it's Eucharist. Or thanksgiving, sorry. Thanksgiving is Eucharist. Is to speak well of in grace. Eucharist. Speak well, grace. See, thanksgiving even comes from grace. When grace is at work in your life, thanksgiving comes on your lips. And comes from your heart. That is the working of grace. When you recognize what God is doing in your life and see it as grace, then thanksgiving starts to flow out from your lips. And, f- and it flows from your heart. Amen? So joy. There was great joy. And their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Right? In the riches of their liberality. So let's, let's go to verses Verses 5 okay, of, this, of this scripture. Let me just get it here so I have to look. Okay. And so what was one of the keys that the Holy Spirit showed me besides the fact that they, they gave grace, the grace of giving, give, unlock grace. The more you give grace, the more grace there is to give, right? And that was the one of the keys. And the other one that we spoke about was they gave themselves to the Lord. And then we moved on to say that they also gave themselves to their leaders. So this one says, and not only as we hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. It is the will of God. For us to give ourselves to our leaders. It may not sound like that in the, out there in the secular world. Or, um, and sometimes these things don't even come from secular world. They come just from, from believers that have either been hurt, wounded, or just develop a totally different perspective and they are the ones that propagate these types of messages that it is unbiblical to give yourself to the will, uh, to, the, to your leaders by the will of God. That it is not biblical to do that. But, as we will see in the scriptures, that there are many, many, many scriptures that explain this and teach these things. And we will see that Paul actually taught this to the to the, the churches of Macedonia, right? And remember, the, the churches of Macedonia would include the Thessalonians, which we will read about, the Philippians, which we will read about, and just how they became a model, uh, a sample, a blueprint, an example for other churches, and that Paul would use this church as an example to encourage other churches to do the same. Right? Okay? So, we, we see this. Now, so let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 6. So, in this, in this message and series, I'll probably give you a lot of scriptures because we build upon the Word. Right? That Word that is God. Right? So, it says, and it says here, let me just get it. 
Verse 6 it says, And you became followers of us. See how Paul speaks to the Thessalonians, the church um, that was in Thessalonica. These believers. He says, you became followers of us. Right? And of the Lord. Can you see in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, they gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now it says, you became followers, followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And I told you that in your time of difficulty, it's not the time to decrease in the word. It is the time to increase in God's word. And that is how joy will manifest itself in your life. And so the, the tendency of believers and children of God is that when we go through struggles, we depart, we journey away from the word instead of going into the word, right? The way that your house survives is when it's built upon the word. And the winds will blow and the rains will come, but that house will remain because it's built upon the word. So how do you build a house upon a foundation? You build your life upon the word. That even the winds can't prevent you from standing erect. Right? And so that's why it takes, it takes a, a kind of a determination that we must have. So you would see here, you became followers of us. Right? And we are, this is the, the Thessalonians, the church there. Let's read Philippians chapter 3 and verses 17. Philippians chapter 3 and verses 17. So it says, Brethren, join in following my example. So, he's encouraging this. Can you see that Paul actually taught a concept like that? Today, you will be like, wow, what are you doing? How can you say to people, follow you? Paul actually taught them and said, follow me. Follow my example. Follow, imitate, uh, mimic my example. Right? He said, join, he said, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Right? Can, can you see that? So what you must do is you are not going to look at somebody that is isolated, independent, walking outside of a family framework and use that person as an example for you to determine how you should live. He says, no, you don't use that. You use your leaders. You use me, says Paul. Use me as the pattern, as the example. And then mark anybody that walks in the same way I walk. Right? So in other words, he's basically saying, I am a measuring standard. 
I'm the standard. And if they don't walk according to the standard, right, then you know there's error. That's basically what he was saying. Now, when we go into this message, uh, it, it would be unfair for me to just speak about the way you must follow and not talk about the example that we should set. Okay? So, ons allemaal gaan onder die druk kom. Ek ook. Right? Right? So, um, that was just a joke. <laughs> okay, jylle het hom nou eerst gevang. <laughs> right. So anyway, we, you understand, we gotta, we gotta have the right measuring standard, measuring rod. Things by which we measure. Right? And, and I'm going to show you that financial success is not, all, is not something that we must use as a standard. Right? Because the goal of life is not the financial success. The goal of life is to bring Christ. Amen. Right? And to be able to present Him in our lives. The, the model. Right? And, and so... And so, this is why the scripture would say, right, um, Christ in you, the hope, the goal of the gospel. Right? Christ in you, the hope and the goal of the gospel. And I'm going to show you from scriptures, I'm going to show you from scriptures how Paul would, would clarify the way that they should determine whether he was true minister of God or not. Right? And you will see that the external things sometimes, or the materialism, uh, those things, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, There's nothing wrong with God prospering you materially. Right? So, um, when I spoke about obedience to the word that you will prosper, I spoke both spiritually and physically. Right? You know, it's it's kind of impossible to have a relationship with God and not prosper. It's kind of impossible. You know, unless he has sent you into a persecuted country and what and you know you are running for your life, then obviously it would be wrong for you to think because I'm sent to minister the gospel and, I, and, and the suffering has become my portion in advancing the message. Right? But it is basically impossible. Because we, the, all the people that had a relationship with God prospered. Right? David had a relationship with God. He prospered. Right? Um, Abraham had a relationship with God and he prospered. Isaac had a relationship with God and he prospered. Jacob had a relationship with God and he prospered. Right? So, as you walk through the Bible, you will find that Job had a relationship with God and he prospered. Right? It doesn't mean that your life will be free from trials and difficulties, but somehow you just seem to move forward. So, when we when we um, when we look at that and, and we see that, then we're like, so what must you do? Just have a relationship with God and obey Him. The rest will come by itself. Right? It will happen. But 
When we can prosper without the relationship and the obedience, your heart is drifting from God. I can tell you with certainty, if you can prosper without God and His Word, then your heart is drifting from Him. Uh, that is just, that, that I will sing like the song, He said it and it is finished. Finish and klar, Alpha and Omega. That is just my 20 years of being in Christ, I have noticed Notice that it will make you, if you can prosper without God and His Word, it will, it will make you despise His Word. That's why people have, uh, when you're in that type of position, you care little what the Word says. Right? Because you did it without that. And that's why the devil has provided us a in this world, He has provided us a system that you can use to prosper without God. Okay. Um, and, well, well, this is my message. I, I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, it's, it's no way here. <laughs> right? So, be followers of me. Right? Follow my example. Right? And, and when we follow, right, that word follow, as in the other scriptures, it all means to mimic, right? It means to, it means to imitate, right? It means to take the example. And I must say this again, even though I have said it, you are not following mimicking my personality, okay? I'm sure you've noticed that, that uh, I don't find much things funny, Okay, as you know, my face always looks very straight-faced. Okay, and um, but when we chat, then you can see I'm actually quite friendly. I'm not ekbeiti, right? But um, you are not mimicking my personality or my hobbies, the things that I like, right? Um, if I don't like, really like watching sport, and I say, Pastor, only that funny. Well, we must probably also not watch sport. No, you, you are mimicking the wrong thing. You are not, you are following the wrong thing, right? My, maybe my dress code or something like that, okay? While we do expect you to dress neat, clean, right? But you don't necessarily need to have my style, Right? If, you, if you're doing that, unless you like my style and you also want to dress like that, it's fine. You can do that. But as long as you have in your mind clear that not, oh, I must now follow his dress code. No, no, no. But if you like it, you know, then, then fine. Dress like that. It's okay. And let it be you. It's fine. Okay? You understand? We are not mimicking that we are following Christ in the person and how Christ has come to show himself in that person and the example that we see that is according to the word do we see that that is taught in the word do we see it in your life right now obviously no man is perfect but we we can come to this place where we 
Because when the Bible says be perfect as your father, it does not mean blameless or faultless, right? But it does mean there's a measure of maturity in that person that resembles Christ. Okay? And so we are to follow, right? And so tell the person there next to you, don't follow the example of others but your leaders. So this is where this is where you you will get offended, okay, by your brother and your sister. Right? The the chances your brother and your sister in Christ, you probably see that person more than you see me. And you engage them probably more than you would engage me, right? Because it's impossible for me to engage with literally with every single person, right? During the week. You know, unless you want me to shrivel away. But, but, and, but you have leaders as a model, as an example, that you should follow and mimic. My brother and my sister offended me, but the example is in the leader. Right? You were not told to follow your brother and your sister. You were told to minister one to another, encourage one another, right? Um, Pray for one another. You were told to do those things, but you were told to follow your leaders. Okay? And when you notice amongst your family that there are others that walk like your leaders, right? Then you see the model that's coming forward, that's coming to the... Four, right? So, um, let's read Second Thessalonians chapter... Okay, no, 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 let, let's read verse 16. Let's read verse 16 of Philippians. It says there, Nevertheless, to the degree that, you, that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. So there is a measure of Christ... That is showing itself. And we can increase in that measure of Christ or in the way that we reveal that we become more and more conformed to Christ as leaders. But whatever the measure that we have attained to of Christ, let us walk by that same rule. Right? And let us be of the same mind. Right? So, so, you, so basically you kind of have... Leaders that you must follow and mimic as a standard, a rule by which you can measure, right? Um, measure things and so on. And so Paul would say, we walk this way. And if there's anybody that doesn't walk this way, reject that person. Or in a sense, you understand? Because he uses them as, a, as something that, as a model, as a blueprint by which you can discern Okay, by which you can come to understand and see that something is not right here. Okay, so let's read Second Thessalonians chapter three and verses what's seven. So it says here, for you, for you. Yourselves know how you ought to follow us. 
for we were not disorderly among you. Can you see? So Paul again is speaking to the churches of Macedonia and he's saying, follow us, right? Imitate us. Use us as an example, right? Why would Paul do that? Why would Paul say something like that? Because that is how we, that is how we also allow an increase of grace to come upon us, right? We all have grace, but while your grace is not working, yet the way it should, right? There is grace that can flow externally from someone to you, that can minister to you, that can edify and build you so that, so that you can grow into Christ, right? And your leaders have a grace that you perhaps do not have. Remember I spoke to you about there are different kinds of graces. There is the grace that saves you. And that grace, you don't need to work for it. Right? You don't need to do any. All you need to do is believe what Jesus did for you. And you are saved by grace. Without works, it is the gift of God. Lest any person here will boast. I tithe. I went to church. I was nice to my brother. I did good works. I gave to the poor. You know, use that to say, surely I should be saved, Lord Jesus. And he shall say, surely you shall go to hell. Right? I know that sounds very rough. But I say it in that rough way so that you can get the message. You cannot work for your eternal salvation. You are saved by grace without work. Right? But through faith in Jesus Christ. There you can do nothing for that. That's the one kind of a grace. But then there's another, right? And we saw that there is the grace to give, which is a different kind of grace. And to work and to step into that grace, you actually have to start giving, right? So that you can come, so that you can see that grace in your life. Now, I don't want to explain, re-explain that. We did that already. Um, if you're here today and you haven't seen it, you can go and listen to um, The Spirit of Poverty that we did, the series. And the subtitle is The Grace of God. There is explained. And then there's the grace of fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. If you are not one, if you are not an apostle, not a prophet, not an evangelist, not a pastor, nor a teacher, you don't have that grace that comes from Jesus Christ. Okay? You do not have. Uh, that's why the Bible says, Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. If you are not, you do not have. And that grace was given for a reason. It was given to build you. Edify you. Right? Um, we... If you could just put up Ephesians chapter 4 quickly. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses, verses 11. So, it says, And he gave some apostles, 
Okay, he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles. So, this does not come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives to you the gifts of the Spirit. For from one Spirit came the gift of healing, gift of the word of knowledge, gift of, you know, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Those are called the gifts of the Spirit. But... The fivefold gifts come from, right, Christ. He gives these. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And verses 12, and what will happen with those? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the upbuilding, the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, if you have never experienced that, right? The, the fivefold ministry brings something to your life that equips you. They were given for what? Equipping. Another translation says perfecting. The, for the, the saints. So the saints... If you develop a, an understanding and an opinion that, that I can grow properly without fivefold ministry, you are in error in your thinking. Right? For, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now verses 13, right? Till we all come. To the unity or the oneness of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God. Fivefold ministry is given so that you may come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Right? And as we have shared uh, in, in the past, the doctrine of Christ, which after this we will revisit that message on the doctrine of Christ if the Holy Spirit doesn't stop me. But we will revisit that. Because we are busy building the framework for the doctrine of Christ. So that we can function properly within the framework that he has given to us. Okay, so the knowledge, so in other words, there is a knowledge of the Son of God that you will not get from just reading the Bible. Remember John chapter 9, the man that was born blind. You can be born again blind. Because you are born again, but you do not know. And reading will not give it to you. That's why sometimes people say, Iglesias and Iglesias ma. Next. Because... Unless, unless, of course, you obviously have one of those fivefold gifts, but you are not yet ordained as one, commissioned as one. And because you have one of the fivefold gifts, you are able to see the scriptures because it's a grace given to see. So you will find that you may see in the word, but then you'll find one of your brothers and sisters who do not have one of those fivefold gifts. That they read and they don't understand. But the connectivity that we have 
when you submit properly, even though you don't have one of those gifts, when you read, the word will open to you. Well, I've seen it so often, right? So, um, so there is, there is a, you do have a, the Holy Spirit and He will be able to teach you things and talk to you and encourage you and guide you. You can hear the voice of God on your own. Okay? Right? We all have the Holy Spirit that we may know the things. But there are certain things that we cannot know. And the knowledge of the Son of God you will not come to without the fivefold. I know that is a radical statement because all of us can say Jesus. All of us can say Jesus died for me. All of us can say Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. All of us can say he was born of a virgin woman, Mary, and we can use the word and talk about him. But that is not the revelation of him. It's, it's different, right? And, and uh, I know it's a bit hard to, to, to say that or sometimes difficult to receive. But there are scriptures that show, show that. But anyway, fivefold ministry says, To the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Stature, maturity cannot come without the fivefold ministry in your life, with leaders in your life. You have to understand that. And as I said on the WhatsApp group, if we understand that God is looking for sons, then we know the right environment for sons is family. And family that offends you, family that can disappoint you. Why? Because the ultimate goal is that God wants you to come forth as a son. And how are you going to learn to forgive if no one offends you? How are you going to learn to be long-suffering if there is nobody working your case? How are you going to learn to be patient? How are you going to learn to endure if there's no relationships that are building you and asking for you? Show me Christ. Bring Him out from you. I want you to understand the goal. right? The primary goal that God has with your life. The primary goal. Right? Your, your successful business is secondary to his primary goal. You becoming a successful lawyer is the secondary goal. The primary goal is Christ from your life. And whatever happens in your life, must, you must use it to your advantage for Christ to be developed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm I'm trying to set the goal that God has for our lives. And I want to tell you that that goal cannot be achieved without relationships. It cannot. And those relationships must, right? You know, it's like when you have a family. You have a father and a mother. And then you have children, brothers and sisters. Now you know your brother and your sister but you don't expect your father and your mother to do that every day to you. 
You don't expect from your mother and your father to be offending you every single day and making you so disappointed and discouraged. But you know amongst brothers and sisters, siblings, that's normal. Amen? Is that true? I'm shaping the proper context here for us. Right? So that you can understand the goal. Right? So when... So, but in a family, when, I see it so many times in, in, in our family, I don't know about yours, but, okay, we've got three kids, uh, and, and us, two of them are very strong-headed, you know, and Allah rabmakar lekar, right? And there's many times disappointments upset and Squad, hey, this, this is the pastor's family. Uh, we are just like you, normal, right? My kids go through everything your kids go through. Okay, they are just—I just happen to be a pastor, so. But they are kids like yours. They go through every struggle that you go through, right? When certain ages come across, come to the. When they come to certain ages, they'll go through the same things, right? But there is lots of offenses. And, but so quickly as they were upset with each other, ten minutes later they are playing with each other. Right? Okay, so my point is that from brothers and sisters in Christ, it is actually, you shouldn't be surprised. Tell the person next to you, don't be surprised. <laughs> if I offend you. <laughs> right? Okay? If you if you with us for maybe ten years, we probably can't count anymore how many times somebody has offended you. But will you arise as an elder amongst your brethren? Will you grow up? So what you must do is not focus on what the person did. You must rather focus on what it is to be a son and what God expects from me. Love your enemies. Pray for them that persecute you. Do good to them that seek your demise. Right? You understand? It's, and I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Right? In other words, listen to this. You prove your sonship in the family. That's what you've got to understand. You prove that you are manifesting Christ in family. You've got to understand. You gotta, that you've got to understand. That is going to be like and never forget it. And you know, when, when, um, when, 
when you understand that, right, then you use offenses to your advantage. Many years ago, when I was going through many trials, a prophet came to me, and the Lord had taught me these things to go through it. You know, and this is how you must handle things. And so. You see, so if you're always using Christ as your standard, your goal in life, then you will know how you are to respond in the situation. Okay? Are you all with me? Right? But, and when you have that goal, then you will know what to do. It will be very clear. Right? And if somebody offends you, what does the Bible say? Talk, go to the person. And if they offend you, and you talk and they don't want to listen, then the Bible says, take two or three people with you and talk to him again. So you can have some witnesses. And if it doesn't work, then the Bible says, take it to the church. So in other words, two or three that gathers together in his name is not church. Because you took already two and three, and you were the fourth, and the other one that you were going to see was the fifth. And that group wasn't called church. And if they don't listen, go to the church. Bring the church together. So, a par mensen say namasi kerki. Right? Church. Right? Family. Right? And, and then it says, and then let the church come and let them make a decision. Right? And that is where binding and loosing is now applied. In that context. Right? And Jesus said, then whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Or, yeah, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. It has to do with, are we, what are we going to decide here? And whatever we decide can be binding. Okay? Are you, are you all with me? Okay. Um, so, so you've you got to understand the, that the stature doesn't come, right? Uh, just... Just by being alone. Right? Because if you are alone, what you are developing is an orphan. Um, uh, what can I say? Let me say the stature of an orphan. Not the stature of sonship. Right? Very strong, solid in your individual, uh, personal opinion. Me and my way is the way. Right? That is not it. Right? Sonship. I realize that word son is a family word. It comes out from family. Institutions don't build sons. Okay? You can be a professor, but not a son. Right? Are you all with me? Oh, because message. So we read here, we, uh, let's read Colossians 1 20, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verses 27. Or verses 26. So I want to show you that Paul was given the responsibility of communicating the mystery of Christ so that the saints could come to know. Right? 
He said, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, next verse. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. You see, they teach it so that every man can come to perfection, maturity. So what is Paul's goal? It's not necessarily that you become a billionaire. But the goal is your perfection, which is to be mature like Christ. Amen? Okay. Um, Romans chapter, chapter 8 and verses 28. I'm, I'm just presenting the model, which is Christ, the prototype. Okay. And we know that all things work together for good... To them that love God, right? And to them who are the called according to His purpose. Okay. All things work together f- for good, not only because you love Him, but because you understand that you are called according to His purpose. Now this purpose is not you become a lawyer or a great preacher or somebody in the fivefold ministry, a healing evangelist, or the president of Namibia. That is not what the purpose is talking about. The next verse tells you what you are called according to the, uh, to his purpose. Verse 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. It's his purpose. What is his purpose? He wants sons. He wants everybody to be conformed, pressed, fashioned, molded, shaped. Go through fire so that you can become shapeable. Shape you into the mold. Into Christ. Right? To the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God's Son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn, is the prototype. He is the new, he is the first of a new type. And all the brothers and sisters are being fashioned, molded unto him, into him, into the image of his Son, the firstborn, so that So in other words, why firstborn? Because there is no other image here. There is only one. Him. He is the first and the only. And if everybody is being fashioned like unto Him, then there is no other idol here. There is no other mega preacher here that you are trying to be like. Right? Because we are trying to be like Him. He is the pattern, the model. The one through whom you've been chiseled into his image. Right? 
When you have Christ in you, you have the image, but we want the manifestation of that. And therefore, there needs a formation. And the formation is how you put on. My Bible says, put on Christ. How do you put on Christ? I have Him in me, but as I, as I bring forth His nature, I am clothing myself in Him. So I am not putting Him on from outside. Like I would ask, say, I want to put on Smithy's uh, Smitty's suit or jacket and I say give me your jacket so that I can put Smitty on no the, the, the putting on comes from the inside of you you already have the substance to dress yourself you already have the substance to clothe yourself into him you already have the substance you already have Christ you already have patience. You already have the love of God in you. You already have the long suffering. You already have the ability to be fashioned like unto Him. So that's why your putting on comes from inside. So that's why when you go through your struggles, you won't feel like powerless because you have the substance. To overcome it. Yeah, you understand? It's inside of you. Right? Cindy says it's not on top. <laughs> it's inside of you. Right? Not on top. It's the cremora. Says less for coffee. <laughs> right? The firstborn among us and the only goal for all of us. Primary goal. That means we must be able to love like Him. We must be able to forgive like Him. That's why, that's why we say we're building a family. And brothers and sisters, the environment of family is the perfect environment. For shaping us into the image. If you are going to prove to us that you can love your enemies, do it in the house. Because there we must see. There we must see. You understand? If you say, I can't submit, show me in the house. Because that's where you prove it. That's where you prove that Christ truly is being developed in you. Right? And there will come a time where your submission will go against, you won't like it. But you prove your humility in the house. Right? Tell the person next to you, Christ is authenticated in the house. In the family. Which means that when you are isolated, you are not growing. You can grow in your gift. That's what you can do. You can grow in your gift. But you can't grow into the stature of Him. And those that become leaders are those that bring the stature, not the gift. When the Bible talks about elders... It, the list for an elder is not, are you an apostle? Are you a prophet? Can you heal the sick? 
Can you raise the dead? Can you prophesy? No. The list for elders is, are you patient? Are you not greedy? You understand what I'm saying? The list has got nothing to do with giftings. So that's why, now you notice in the house, we don't really focus much on the giftings. You don't come and say, no, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, or what, or those things. Because we, we are trying to say the highest call is son. Bring sonship and watch how your gifting amplifies. Many, many years ago I realized, my world, I am a pastor, but I'm like a little child. I realized that probably 10 years ago, being, I was already a pastor. I was already pastoring and leading people. And I came to the conclusion, I'm a child, man. I'm trying to work so hard on my gift. But my sonship is dur honor. That's why Jesus called these ordained apostles, my little children. I'm going. <laughs> that, uh, when I read that, I said, my goodness. Maturity is not measured by the gift. It's measured by my ability to manifest my sonship. Right? We, we got to understand that because... The world has a me, my, I, gift-centered way of thinking. You all understand me? Okay? The, that, that thinking, you know, and, you know, we, we, we sometimes, you know, I have to say it like that. Uh, that Thinking, I was, I was speaking, I was yesterday at the tennis court and I was speaking to one of the parents there and we were talking about just children in general, general and we were talking about, um, you know, just how children are influenced and I, I explained to her that, you know, the, the concepts that come out from the West, the United States and all these places that we are so often see. I mean, like, for example, if you go on the, uh, on the internet and Google, whose who's info and ads come up the most? More from the United States. Oh, in the United States, Trump this, and Biden that, and this war with the states. and the, you're, It's dominated by the states. Is that true? But there's an ideology, there's a way that they think... And that concept of that thinking gets driven in our mind unknowingly. Though they don't teach you, yet they leave you with the concept. They are strategic and they are clear. Yeah, I, I'm going to use a, I'm going to say as a word word. Existentialism. Okay, let me explain. It's a theory or an approach which emphasizes the existence of the individual person. 
it emphasizes the existence of the individual person as free and responsible agent for determining their own development through acts of the will. It's kind of like democracy. Which has more an emphasis on the individual, individualism or in the individual than it has on the corporate. Now that concept gets given to you many times. Now that concept for, came out of postmodernism. And postmodernism is where there are no absolutes. Take any for me. You can't tell me that this Bible is the standard for my life. Never. There is no standard by which I can measure myself. I create my own standard. That brought about this other thing called. What's it called? It's by me. It's a tongue twister for me. I still get it. But you know what I mean. You understand? It. See, it's like a tree that branches out. That eventually makes us drift so far from what the Bible teaches. You see, but in a family, if the parents make a rule to the children, there are some rules that are for all. Is that true? But if the child starts practicing his individualism and his stubbornness and his rebellion to the corporate, it starts to create chaos in the family. Is that true? Brothers, you were born into God's family. God has a family. You were born into the family. Isolation, independence is error. And will never produce the goal that God has with your life. Which is to conform you to the image of His Son. And when you understand that and your goal is correct, all things work together for your good. How would you like to have a guarantee that everything, no matter what it is, no matter what comes your way, will always work for your good? Is when you understand the goal for your life. Can you see that? Okay. So this Macedonian church, they understood what it was to follow their leaders. To mimic their leaders. Right? Even in their difficult time. Right? So... Um, Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It's already time to close off. I'm really just talking, not really following so much. I just, I just think the Holy Spirit is desiring, you know, to, to root it, to establish it. Right? Tell the person next to you, isolation is not the will of God. (laughs) 
You want to know the will of God? That is it. It's not that. The will of God is family. Okay? First Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, let's read 14 first. 14. Um, let me just get it here. So, we're 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 14. It says here, I do not write these things to shame you. Okay, so, I'm not saying these things to shame you. Okay, um, neither am I fighting with you. As a father speaks to his children. I talk like that to my kids. Right? Because straight with the but I had to learn, don't ridden here. Lost story. But verse 14, no shame, but as my beloved children, I warn you. The King James says, as my beloved sons. You see, so Paul's concept is family, not institution. Family. As my beloved sons. Who is he speaking to? To the whole church. He said, as my beloved sons, I warn you. Right? I warn you. Then he goes on to say, uh, verses 15. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. And that begotting, or begotten, or begetting, um, it, is a, it is a process. It's not a once-off. Someone is not your spiritual father because he led you to Christ. The one who is your spiritual father is the one who gives you the doctrine that produces Christ in you. Right? Right? So... So that's why our, the way that we function here is we, we are slowly but surely seeking to develop the culture of family. I am a spiritual father to this family. I don't come here and say I am prophet so and so and want you to see how big a, a prophet I am, right? I, I'm not interested in that, okay? Because I grew in my sonship, so I didn't really need that to make me feel special. Right? But, so, but it is, the, it is the continuous teachings that comes, that begets out of you Christ. Okay? And so, he goes to say, he says, I am your father. Right? I warn you as my sons. I am your father. Listen to me. Then look what he says in verse 16. Therefore, what is therefore? Because of what I said before. I'm saying this now because of what I just said. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. So sons imitate fathers. Sons imitate fathers. How did the Thessalonians become an example for others to see? Because they followed Paul. So it was from father to son. Son followed father. Why? So that we can bring forth son. 
So the ultimate goal is not to make you my son, but for you to step and come into your sonship. But you need your family to work your case. Right? You need your family, your brothers and sisters, to irritate you. To rub you the wrong way. And believe me, they can do it. But the mature rub you less. (laughs) They love you more. Okay? Right. So, imitate me, I urge you. Brothers and sisters, if Paul can say it, why can't I say it? As sons, imitate your father. Right? Follow. Right? Next verse, verse 17. So, the Corinthian church was having a struggle with following, but not the Macedonian church. In one verse, Paul said in Thessalonians, he said, For you guys know how to follow. He says, you know how to do it. But the Corinthian church, no, my friend. They needed to, he needed to tell them, follow me, imitate me, mimic me. So our obedience is to the word. Why am I talking about this? I am talking about this to your advantage. I'm not trying to make life harder for you. I'm trying to do it for your advantage because the increase of grace comes this way. You see, we want the grace of God to accelerate, to manifest in our lives. And this is one of the ways it does that. Right? For this reason, say for this reason. What did he do? He said, I urge you to imitate me. And for this reason, I am going to send Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful prophet in the Lord. Son. Why? Because I want sons. And as my sons, I warn you. And I want you to imitate me. But it seems that I must send a son to teach you how to follow a father. So, the other leaders in the house, facilitators and those that are in the leadership, they must be able to show you how to follow your father. How to follow the father of the house. You must be able to see in them the way of the Father. Right? Because look what he says. I will send Timothy to you who will remind you of my ways which be in Christ. Not his ways, mine. This son I will send to you and he will show you my ways, right? Which be where? In Christ. So, the way that I have learned to trust the Lord is a way that I have learned in sonship. When I started to learn that God was my father 
and how you can trust him for your provision as a son. I, that way was worked in me. Remember the typewriter, two posts? The typewriter, right? When I was standing at the shop, and I was said, I, could, I only got $300, and it's still two weeks till the end, and that's all that we have. And my wife is saying, and I'm thinking, just buy bread, put butter on, peanut butter, steal a school too. And my wife is, yeah, what's with the cookies? Really? First time, Jenny was a 300. You understand? And then that voice comes, the tupor. Often, yeah, typewriter, tupos. Because the word tupos means to be, to strike. The, when he was speaking at that moment, yeah, when I do this, I'm thinking about that. Hansun <laughs> that song, Hansun you know. Then the type, then, then, then God put his finger on the typewriter. And, come on, I want the print. I want the print. Son, trust me. I'm your father. You see, that's a way. It's a way. But that way is Christ. Uh, it's not, it's not my man-made idea. When Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow day, uh, I, I can tell you, I know that way. I did it. So, sons in the house must be able to show that way of the father. Do you understand? It is, and, and then we, we, we increase in grace. I'm still on time, guys. Don't worry. You understand? We show. So, this whole thing of following and being an example is very simple. All it is, father and son. Einfach. Father, father, son. Father, son. Follow me. Who is the father of the house? JP. Who are the spiritual parents in the house? JP and Molly. Because the book of Ephesians says, Obey your, your parents in the Lord. That's spiritual parents. That's not your mother and your father. But you must obey your mother and your father. You must honor them. Uh, but that scripture wasn't talking about that. It says your parents in the Lord. Otherwise you could say, Nema, my parents is he by the obey No. In the Lord. And then what does it say? That it may go. I'm speaking this for your benefit. I'm not speaking to your disadvantage. I'm speaking to your advantage. I'm not, I'm speaking for your benefit, for your advance. Because what did Jesus do when he submitted to his parents? The Bible says, and the child grew. He increased, he cut his way forward. It's to your advantage, right? He will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. The son knows my way. I'm going to send him. 
so that he can teach you not how to be a prophet because not everybody is prophets but all are sons and the highest calling is son not fivefold ministry tell the person next to you the highest calling is son the limit the word predestinate means to determine beforehand your limit you know what in other words you can't go beyond that and it, it says that the furthest that God could see for your life was son. Not apostle. Though we need them, I'm not diminishing the value of apostle. What I am basically trying to bring across, this whole order, this whole arrangement of father and son, leaders and and or bishops, deacons, and saints, or, you understand, this order is not, is not an egocentric order where the, for the leader to be the main canine. Right? No. It is for Christ to be the main guy. Because we want Him formed. But we don't want somebody that just gave his heart to the Lord Six months with the Lord, running around, sharing his testimony, and, and because he's functioning in giftings, everybody thinks he's the mature guy. Then we got the child leading the kids. And this is where we take babes for teachers. Because we don't know how to measure them. Because we don't understand the tupos, the model, the blueprint. And if we can see that in a person, then we know, hey. So just rub that guy a little bit. Then you see the child come out of him. (laughs) Then you see how quickly he will offend you. It's a different thing if we admonish you as... As fathers. The word admonish means to gently correct you. To gently say, you know what, this is not right. To bring you in alignment. There is that. And it may offend you. Right? But we, we don't want our mannerisms to offend you. You know? You know, no, we want Christ. Right? And listen, so I'm telling you, you can't take somebody six months with the Lord and make him a leader. No way. That's a child. I don't care if he just rose the dead. It's a child. We've got to have the right measuring standard. I say, Yara Bidi Yaras, and he went all the way and he's raising the dead. Praise God. Amen? Right? So let's stand. I don't want to continue further. We will take it up next week. Are you seeing the model, the tupos? Right? Family. Family. Right? Tell the person next to you, family is crucial. Family is crucial. 
It's the original intent of God. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, when God said, let us make man in our image, He created family. So that the, cho- so that the parents could beget someone in their image. And the image was son. Amen? Are you all with me? Okay, let's pray. Father, I just pray. I pray that by your spirit we would understand um, just what you are saying. I pray that we would see, not just hear, but that as we hear, our hearing will open our sight. That the eye of the understanding may be opened and enlightened. My, my prayer is that Christ would be formed in us. And that this model of tupos, this, this example that we have from Christ, that must be in leaders so that sons can follow fathers. I pray, Father, for each and every one of us, for leaders and for followers, for fathers and for sons, that we would bring this model through family. Family is what builds the son. Family is what molds the son and the doctrine of Christ. So my prayer truly is that we would have a desire and that we would see rather the benefit and not the loss that we feel or the difficulty in the word, but rather that we would experience that our eyes would be open to how it would profit us, how we would gain, grow, increase and cut our way forward in this way so Lord bless your people Father we pray I thank you Lord that you are just reminding me over and over again that it is a time of favor and all we want to do is just believe it because you said it and it is finished and we believe that it still is a time of favor it still is a time of uncommon blessings and things. I pray, Lord, that your favor work itself in our lives. We thank you for your favor. It's the set time. The purpose of this time is favor. 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 We speak and release that over us as a family and we walk away from this place Believing your word and seeing it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.